Hello, and welcome to the Anthem podcast. Uh, we don't have a fancy title or name for it. Uh, honestly, this is something we wanted to try in 2021, where we take advantage of uh, the technology and the ease of being able to podcast to supplement uh, the teaching and the things that we're working through as a church to be able to tell certain stories and have uh, people in the church that we get a chance to interview. So honestly, this is a really exciting thing for us to be able to um, to just step into a different format uh, at this stage of Anthem's existence, where we're at with COVID and, and how we can best move forward in our pursuit of being disciples of Jesus. So uh, if you were there with us on Sunday, you know that we're in a series uh, called This is Anthem, and we're going through the various values that we have established as a church and try and understand not only what they are, but how do we live those out. And so that's uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring those values on this podcast and spend some time uh, processing through what it looks like for us to actually live those out. Uh, today, uh, I've got a good friend with me. Jace is here. He's going to tell you a little bit about himself, and then we're, we're going to ask some questions and just hear about a life built on the gospel of Jesus. So, uh, Jace, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, thank you, Matt, for having me on. I, I appreciate it. Um, I think most of you know, I, I'm Jace, and I grew up in Hawaii, and I came out here to California to go to school because I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. And that ended up not working out, but um, God had better plans for me. And now I'm working at Johnny and Friends. And I've had such amazing opportunities to be able to just share the gospel with people affected by disabilities, with veterans uh, who come back with uh, PTSD and things like that. So it's been a huge blessing to be a part of what God has for me out here. Wow. What's your specific job at Johnny and Friends? I am the, well, that's a good question. I'm, a, I'm the HR coordinator right now. I was over recruiting before that or doing recruiting. Yeah. Um, but with COVID we've had to readjust some of the things that we do. Okay. Um, so a little bit more HR responsibilities thrown in there, but still the main role is recruiting. Okay. So totally connected to your major of sports broadcasting at CLU. Yes and no. <laughs> Sometimes we'll have company events and they'll let me do some uh, announcing here and there. Oh, that's um, amazing. So, yeah, it's fun. That's great. That's very cool. Uh, and for people that don't know, uh, maybe just a brief, what is Johnny and Friends? Yeah, that's a great question too. Johnny and Friends is a Christian organization and we help people affected by disabilities. Um, and so that's all disabilities, um, physical, mental, um, we, we do the whole range. Um, and, and as I mentioned, that includes also uh, veterans who come back with PTSD, TBIs. Um, so yeah, we do the whole, the whole wow. range of everything. Wow. Well, that's uh, really good to hear. And how old are you? I am 27. 27 years old. All right. Excellent. Uh, the reason we wanted to ask Jace to come on and, uh, and just to be able to interview him a little bit is, um, for us, we've witnessed the gospel at work in Jace, but also through him. And so we've gotten to see this young man build his life on the person and work of Jesus. And I just wanted to ask him some questions around that. Uh, some of this is, uh, it's not scripted in the fact that Jace hasn't gotten these questions before. So he's just going to be responding to them, but um, we're going to kind of pull a thread and see where it takes us. Cause I'm, I'm really interested to hear uh, just how he has processed Jesus in his life. Uh, so why don't we start with this? Why don't you tell me what, it, what has it been for you to build your life on the person of Jesus? Like how has that may become an important thing? And what are some things that you've done to kind of make that a reality? Yeah, I think you know, to building my life on Jesus has been so much about, um, has been so much about building, uh, well, it starts with the relational building block, right? And so um, just 
learning how to pray, how to worship, how to uh, read the Bible, how to live in community with other believers. Um, it's been a journey. Uh, those things, you know, Paul says we were to work out our salvation because it's not just, you know, things aren't just handed to us. And um, it's certainly been a journey. It's it's not an easy thing to do. It's something that I'm being refined in every single day. Um, but having the huge blessing to be able to be surrounded by like-minded Christians, to have a great pastor um, and to have great community, um, great mentors. Your dad has been a huge part of my life as well yeah. um, in, in mentorship. And so... Um, that's been a big part of, of building that relationship with Jesus. So you've talked about uh, kind of your, uh, really, I was interested in like the the formation of Jesus in you. And you mentioned community, you mentioned your church and even the, the teaching and, and my role. You mentioned mentorship, uh, my dad and, and others, um, and just being able to be surrounded uh, by a Christian community try and explain how does that seep its way into your life? Cause there might be people out there, same church, same friends, same community group, you know, but, it, but somehow the gospel hasn't really uh, coalesced in their life as a central reality. So what, how did it go from you being in those spaces to Jesus actually being truly the center of your life? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think something that, really stuck out to me once was something that Garrison uh, said, you know, Jesus, he spent time with his disciples and meaning that he rubbed off on them. Right. And I think there's a reason why the Bible talks so much about community and doing life with each other because to do life by yourself is it's easy because you can do your own thing and you know, your opinions are your own and whatnot, but iron sharpens iron. Right. And so when you're around other like-minded believers, when you're around those who are wiser than you, who have walked through things that you haven't, um, they're just able to, uh, push you along in that journey. Uh, they're able to bring you closer to the Lord in that. And also vice versa, there's times where the Lord calls us or me to help others as well. Um, and that is a huge part of growing as well. Cause it's like you, you don't really, uh, I feel like you, you understand things a lot better when you're able to teach it yeah. to other people. Yeah. Um, and so, but the community aspect is so huge cause you can't do this Christian life by yourself. You know, and I, I know I wouldn't be who I am today if it weren't for being surrounded by other like-minded believers who, again, are, are, we're all on different levels of where we're at in, in this walk, but I mean, that's what makes it beautiful. Yeah. So take a moment maybe and talk about the, the mentoring relationship. You mentioned my dad maybe as one example of a mentor in your life, but um, what have mentors in your life done to kind of um, increase the influence of Jesus mm -hmm. in your day-to-day -day life? Yeah, I, I think with your dad, it's been um, really neat to walk through the Bible with him, to walk through uh, things that I struggle with and to see it from a biblical perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, we started in this biblical counseling role and it turned into more of a discipleship and, and I've been given the blessing to be able to counsel others now too. But yeah, I, I, I think when I, that's part of the learning from people that are wiser than you. Yeah. you know? um, when I first started meeting with your dad, I didn't realize, I didn't really know how to read the Bible. I just kind of read it to read it. Wow. Um, and then when your dad started explaining to me like, okay, well, you know, this is how you sit down and, and actually read it. This is what the Greek meant behind this. This is what Paul or Jesus was saying in this moment. It really made a big difference to be like, wow, okay, now I know how this verse connects with this verse. Now I know why Jesus said this and that, and it just led one thing to the next. Um, but you really have to spend time in the word. You know? Yeah, it's, it's not just a, a, 
well, like you said, it's not a microwave faith. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. you've got to spend the time and you've got to put the work into it. Yeah. Um, and something that your dad told me that was, that's really stuck out is it's kind of like, we're all on, on this, this journey, right? And it, it feels like we're all on the freeway in a, in a Ferrari, you know, revving it up full speed, going as fast as we can. And Jesus is in the passenger, passenger seat trying to, trying to speak to us, trying to talk to us, but he's talking in a really quiet voice you know, and we can't actually hear what he's saying unless we pull off the freeway and turn off the car and, and stop our lives to listen to him. Wow. And uh, that, that's a huge part of, of, you know, this growing process has been, okay, God, what do you have for me today? Yeah. You know, not about tomorrow, but what do you have for me today? So, I mean, that's a great word picture of just pulling off the freeway and being able to like stop and listen. Um, tell me a little bit about what that's meant for you. Can you give me some examples of times that you've maybe throttled down a little bit just to listen to the Lord? Oh yeah, that, that that's a great question too. I feel like my whole life has been very go, go, go. Like that's just my personality. Um, I, I don't like to, um, I don't like to use my time inefficiently. So I'm always planning like, okay, how can I fit this there while I'm doing this and I'm waiting for this? Maybe I can do this thing. And you know, it, it's good. It, I plan things out, but the problem is that doesn't leave a lot of time, a lot of space, a lot of margin for God to speak to me in my life. And so that's actually something that God's been teaching me recently. Um, and so it's waking up in the morning and getting up early, not hitting my snooze button a million times, um, just saving those extra minutes, you know? that I can use to spend in the word. Maybe it's just sitting quietly and just spending that quiet time with the Lord. Um, finding moments throughout the day where I can take breaks and settle down, um, not going, going, going all the time, but just being able to just get myself regrounded on the word, um, hearing from him. And I, I've really seen that make a big difference because I didn't realize how, and that maybe that's part of California too, right? That's the fast paced life yeah. out here. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I really didn't realize like how on the go I was, right? And that's what we all want. We want God on the go, right? We want instant answers. We want quick fixes. We want this and that. And that's just not how God works. Like he works in the quiet and the stillness and the gentleness. And that's what we need to find in those moments. Wow. So, I mean, you mentioned just in the course of this conversation, something I said, something my dad said, something Garrison said, like, it sounds like you have a pretty good, um, and I don't know, is it natural to you when you hear something, it kind of sticks or do you have to, do you have to write stuff down? Do you have to kind of cultivate the things that you're learning to be memorable? Like, how do you do that? Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. Um, I journal a lot. That's something that your dad taught me. So that's something there. But yeah, I mean, when people say something, it just, it does stick in my head, especially if it's really memorable, but yeah. that goes back to the piece of community, right? I'm not smart enough to come up with those things on my own. So um, I wouldn't have thought those things had I not listened to you, had I not listened to Garrison and your dad, you know, I would have been just off doing my own thing. I'd still be rushing around speeding from here to there. Yeah. But through community, God used those people, used you and your dad and Garrison to speak those things into my life. And that's why community is so important because it's really good to hear different opinions and different perspectives from other believers. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, so we talked a little bit about the mentor kind of relationship and, and at times it can be easier to hear Jesus and grow in Jesus from a mentor because they're older, they're wiser, they're faithful, that type of thing. Sometimes at the peer level, it can be challenging because we want to talk about sports or we want to, you know, just play games or mess around or that type of thing. What have you found to be the balance of meaningful gospel conversation, challenge, encouragement, you know, like that type of thing? but also being able to go for hikes and enjoy time together and, and just like kind of the goof around life with friends, like that type of a thing. What's, what's that look like for you? Yeah. I, I mean, 
again, something your dad told me one time was that he's a smart guy. He's a really smart guy. <laughs> um, counseling is as much about what you don't say as what you do say. You know, and, and sometimes the greatest thing that you can do for someone else is just to be their friend, right? It's just to be there for them, just to love them like Christ. It's not always throwing Bible verses or things in their face. And so there is a balance, like, like you said, um, there's this relational aspect, you know, Jesus, when you look in scripture, he never shoved things in people's faces right off the bat. Like he built relationships with people. Um, think about the, the, um, the lady at the well who had five wives or five husbands, yeah. you know, it's like he, he had a purpose in what he was doing, but he didn't just come on right, right all of a sudden. And so there was this relational building aspect there. And that's the same thing with, with whether you're with someone who's older or wiser or someone your same age or someone who's younger, um, whatever the life stage is, there's this aspect of building relationships, community, again, uh, building relationships, building trust, building that foundation, but then also being able to say truth and speak the things that are hard sometimes, but you don't get there without building the bridge first. And yeah. so that's the most important thing. And that's where the balance comes in of going hiking, talking about sports, finding things that you connect with, um, things that you guys relate to each other. Uh, that's, that's really what, where the ground is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting to think cause we don't get, any biblical examples of Jesus talking about sports or, you know, I mean, honestly, like there aren't those moments where we just get to see that, but at the same time, he spent so much time, three years worth of time with those disciples. And, and most of them don't record the downtime or the, or the, you know, the conversations where they were just kind of together. But at the same time, the reality is they spent those three years together. They, mm -hmm. There was an extended period of time and you could see over the course of those three years, the love of the disciples for Jesus and the love of Jesus for the disciples. Yeah. It grew and thickened mm -hmm. as the, as time together kind of went on. And so you can see how just cultivating time and friendship would actually build trust and create opportunity and maybe more happenstance chances for the gospel to kind of make its yeah. way into each other's life. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. So, all right. So we talked about mentoring. We talked about peers. Now you mentioned that you've had a chance to disciple others and actually, you know, maybe do some of the things that my dad has done with you in terms of shaping your ability to read scripture or how to pray or how to worship or that type of a thing. Are you starting to do that with other people? Is that what you mean when you say disciple some people? Yeah, I, I, it's, it's a lot of counseling, a okay. lot of, especially during this COVID time. Um, there's a lot of people that have been struggling with a lot of things. And I know that your dad and God have walked me through a lot of things that I've been going through. And it's just a blessing to be able to turn around and be able to do that for other people as well. Um, and just helping them step outside of their perspectives to see from an outside like perspective of what's going on in their life. Um, and also, yeah, um, it's very much about teaching people like, okay, you know, you're reading this and do you know why Jesus said this? Like, what's the why behind this? Like, what, what did he mean here? What was the context? Um, and it's just, been really uh, such a blessing to be able to give people, you know, a different perspective on the gospel, but also to help them walk through these dark times because these last few months have not been easy for anyone. Yeah. Um, and so that's been a huge part of how God has crafted me and created me is to want to help others. Um, and, and I'm learning how to do that on, on a day-to-day -day basis. You wow. Know? That's really cool. <laughs> Uh, and you can, you can tell me if this is too vulnerable a question. I don't know why it feels like maybe just for some people, this might be sort of private, but uh, I'll just kind of ask, like, uh, you mentioned you get up early. Would you mind sharing just your morning routine? Uh, like what, and, and this isn't to heap, you know, self praise or anything like that. It's, it's just that I do think some people would want, uh, they would want to structure their life in a way that cultivates Jesus 
in greater measure. And maybe they're just at a loss for what that looks like. And they, they haven't quite figured out, okay, well, what would that mean to set my alarm and get up and do a few things? And, you know, they just, or maybe they get up, open their Bible and they have no idea where to go or what mm -hmm. to study. I don't know. Tell, would you mind sharing a little bit about that? No, not at all. Yeah. Okay. I, in fact, I, that's, that's something that I'm still trying to shape as oh. my morning routine and trying to figure out the, the ebbs and the flows of that. Yeah. Um, I do mine a little bit differently than other people because I am not a morning person okay. at, like, at all. <laughs> um, I can work out in the morning because I don't have to use my brain. Okay. But in terms of waking up and trying to read the word, like I'm pretty much useless in the morning. Uh, so what I used to do was I'd actually do my Bible reading quiet time at night before okay. I went to bed. Yeah. Uh, the problem though with that is that I saw that I started the day hitting the ground running without a solid basis to go on yeah. without the word, without being fed the words, like trying to run a race without drinking water before you do it. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I really saw how that affected my life. And when God started speaking into me, I thought, okay, well I journaled down everything that I do throughout the day. Yeah. And I realized like, wow, I, I honestly like waste a lot of time doing this. Like I don't have to hit the snooze button this many times. I don't have to spend this long in the shower. Like I don't have to, you know, there are all these things that I realized I could cut down. Okay. And use that extra time in my life to be in the word, to be in prayer. And so that's the first thing I would suggest for people is to really just journal down, jot down, or, you know, somehow keep track of what you do throughout the day. Yeah. Because I can guarantee you, you'll find spaces in the day that like, oh, you know what? Like, I don't actually need to do this. <laughs> you know, uh, for me, sometimes I love, I love watching TV. Okay. I love watching sports, but yeah. at night. You know, I realized that, okay, you know, after I eat dinner, after I get all the, these other chores done and whatnot, I don't have to spend two hours watching this. Like, I mean, yeah, it's a sacrifice, but obedience, you know, sometimes requires sacrifice. Like yeah. I can cut it down to one hour so I can spend that other hour somewhere else. I don't do that every night, but sure. <laughs> but um, the nights that I did, I was like, man, I, you know, I don't have to spend that long doing that. Again, time in the shower, time in the morning. Um, and it added up when I looked at my seven day week. I mean, I thought about it and I was like, wow, I added everything up and it came out to about 15 ish hours. What? Yeah. Of not just TV, but like, yeah, you know, it was 15 hours of hitting the snooze button, being in the shower, watching TV, like <laughs> doing all these all other the things. things. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this is 15 hours. So a little over two hours a day of me spent doing nothing, hmm. you know? And wow. I was like, man, like, what, what, how is that going to affect eternity? Yeah. You know? So I, I scaled everything back down. And so what I do now is like, I'll wake up in the morning and I, this is a process. Yeah. <laughs> no battles won overnight. Understood. Yeah. So maybe instead of hitting the snooze button a million times, I'm doing it 500 times, you know, but um, I'm trying to wake up in the morning a little bit earlier and I'm okay. every day I'm shaving time off of that. So it's like, okay, I shaved half an hour off of how long it takes me to get, get out of bed and get ready in the morning. I shaved yeah. 45 minutes, you know? Um, so getting that time back in the morning and what that looks like for me is waking up and, you know, I'll get ready. And then I will actually, before I even dive into the word, I'll just sit in my chair and just spend five to 10 minutes in complete silence, you know, um, just saying, God, what do you have for me this morning? And not praying, not talking, but I'm just sitting there listening because we have to be open to listening to hear from God. And then after that, I'll dive into the word. And I really just kind of use that quiet time to let God lead me into whatever passage he has for me that morning. And usually it's a passage that I've been, I had been reading on, like I'll meditate on a passage throughout the week. Yeah. Um, so I'll dive into that passage um, and then I'll spend some time journaling and then the work day starts and somewhere throughout the morning, I'll take some kind of a break where I can just you know, put everything aside and you know, get back to the word or spend some time in prayer. And then during lunch, I actually 
instead of spending that time, you know, watching TV or whatever I'd be doing, uh, I've decided to spend that time uh, turning off the TV and just eating my lunch with God and just seeing what he has for me, like taking time to hear from him. And then again, in, in after work is done, uh, depending on what my schedule looks like, I'll try to take some time in the afternoon just so I could slow down, even if it's just for half an hour, just so that I can cut the go, go, go. Yeah. You know? um, and so for some people, it looks like they do all of that in the morning because they wake up at five o'clock in the morning and I'm not waking up at five o'clock in the morning. So I kind of spread mine out throughout the day because I need it personally. If I don't do that, I'm going to just be going, going, going all yeah. morning long. So that's kind of what my routine looks like. I space oh. out time throughout the day in increments here okay. and there. Nice. Uh, I mean, I, I hear you describing your intentional efforts. Um, there's a author named Dallas Willard that uh, recently passed recently within the last, you know, 10 years passed away. Um, but I say that cause he's, he's current to us. And he wrote this, he said, we don't believe something by merely saying we believe it, or even when we believe that we believe it, we believe something when we act as if it were true. And just uh, honestly, Jace, hearing you describe the intentionality of reshaping your life to have more space to hear the voice of God, to be grown into the character of Christ, uh, to let that shape you and mold you and, and develop you. Uh, honestly, at, at the core of what we're hoping for in a gospel-centered life, like that's, that's essentially what it would produce. If I believe the gospel, then it is going to affect the choices that I make day in and day out. And, uh, and, I, and I hear you talk about that and it's just, it's like that idea of you are acting as if the gospel were true, you're making it the most valuable thing in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it can be always challenging in these moments because maybe you guys, as you're listening to this might feel like, uh, you know, some element of, I don't know, shame or embarrassment. Like I don't do things that same way or, uh, you think of it like comparison. Uh, okay. Yeah. Jace is this holy guy or, or even, uh, Jace, you're single. Maybe somebody might feel like, well, that's what it looks like for a single guy to uh, pursue Jesus. But I've got, you know, two toddlers and a nine-year-old and I can't, I can't get my head on straight or something like that. I just say all this because the the goal of this podcast is even just to, to give you a picture. And Jace right now is a picture. He's a picture of somebody that has said, okay, I love Jesus and I want to, I want to cultivate and shape a life that acts as though Jesus is the most important thing in my life. And I think Jace would be the first to tell you, like, I'm not doing this perfectly. There's, it's not that there's no sin in my life. It's not that there's no brokenness or selfishness or, you know, flaws in the machine. Like those things are there, but really I'm, I'm asking him like questions about growth. It's process, it's journey. And he's sharing how the journey is taking shape. And for you guys, as you listen to this, really the goal is that you would have uh, something to be able to look at and say, okay, I I think I could do that. Or I think I could, yeah, that encourages me or that helps, or that gives me a a sense of maybe what I could do in my own life. You will probably have to contextualize the kinds of things that Jace is talking about to your own life, but it's a chance to hear from somebody, a real person. I I don't know. Sometimes when I tell people about my life, there's like, yeah, but you're a pastor, like you're, you're paid to do that, or that's your job or that kind of thing, which hopefully that's not your doctrine or theology about pastoral ministry at all, but you know, it can kind of come across like that. And so for Jace, you're just, you're a guy, you work in the world, you're a college graduate, you go about life and community and that type of a thing. And you have made the choice to give your life to the pursuit of Jesus. And Hey, I want to affirm you and honor you for making those choices, but also just want to say thank you for being willing to share those because they can serve as a helpful um, picture for people that are trying to sort their life out in that way. 
uh, we're kind of winding down, but is there anything uh, else that you'd be interested in sharing or I think that would be helpful or relevant? Yeah, I think, uh, thank you for everything you said, Pastor Matt. I, I, the only thing I would say is just that, you know, it, it's a process, you know, and I, I shared my routine of what I do now, but this has been like a one, two, three year process of growth of, of reorganizing my life. Yeah. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. And so to anyone listening, like, you know, don't, don't feel discouraged if, like Matt said, if you're not living it this way or if your life doesn't look like this yet or whatever it is, like I'm still learning how to do it and I'm not doing it perfectly. Um, but that's, that's the beauty of the journey day by day, one day at a time. And, and there's victory in every single day. Yeah. Uh, we have a, a common experience in that our, my dad has served as mentors to both of us now. And, and, uh, it's been great for me to have him who said he turned 70 this year. And he talks about his journaling like it's the first time he's ever picked up a journal. Yeah. He talks about his things that he's discovering in the scriptures, like it's the first time he's ever studied the scriptures. And so there's that freshness uh, in for me, what's, you know, a generation or two above me. And, and he, he's kind of leading the way into that, that next later season of life. And, and so I get a chance to kind of like process it through that lens of exactly not, not like there's expectation that I would be a finished product at 41 or right. at 27 or even for him at 70, but rather as we walk towards the kingdom, whenever that is, we get to keep the, keep on the journey of mm -hmm. becoming more like Christ. And so I just want to say I'm encouraged by you. Thanks for sharing your stuff today, Jace. Uh, for you guys at home, uh, Jace is uh, just a, a great friend to many in the church. He's, uh, what, what community group are you in? I am actually in two. I'm in the Wises group and nice. then the Young Adults group with Garrison and Meredith. Okay. And so many of you guys have gotten a chance to get to know Jason. Even as you hear him talk, I can imagine you just feeling so uh, excited about just the, the life that God is shaping and uh, the work that he's doing. So, uh, yeah. We're going to wrap up. That's uh, all we wanted to share today was just a, a chance to see how the gospel becoming central in a life can be lived out. And that's something that we see in Jason wanted to have him share. So thanks for joining us today, man. Yeah. Thank you for having me. All glory to God. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we will do another one of these uh, next week and we just, we love the opportunity to have uh, some extra time with you guys. So thank you for being with us and we will see you soon.